Oh, Bridget, how you guys doing tonight? You good? You look fantastic. Uh, who's enjoying the time change? I hate it, dude. It is 7.08. It feels like midnight, bro. It feels like midnight. <laughs> hey, regardless of the fact that you had to get here in the pitch black in the dark, you're here. Um, thanks for spending your Wednesday night with us. Maybe you're brand new, whether you're in the room or you're watching online. Thanks so much for choosing to spend your Wednesday with us in the midst of everything going on in your busy schedule, all that you got going on with school and family and sports and every, all the things your parents make you do. You chose to be here. Uh, some of you are like, yeah, I didn't choose, choose to be here. My parents make me come. Either way, you are here. And we just think it's so awesome that you chose to spend some of your time with us. If you're brand new, we like welcoming our guests in a way that never gets old for us. We like saying, <clears throat> y'all ready for this? If you're sitting next to a new friend, just like you got to scream this as loud as you can in their face, all right? We're here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. If you're in the room, you are family. Hey, if you got a Bible, open your Bible to Luke chapter 4. Luke in chapter 4. If you have a paper Bible, I just, I love you a little bit extra. I love my paper Bible. Um, hey, before we, before we move on, I, I do got to echo just a couple things our service host said. Um, next week, somebody say next week. First off, you will never see me in that butt ugly, baby, powder blue and gold garbage called Chargers jersey. Never in a million years. Real men wear black and silver, all right? So you will be seeing me in some Raiders gear next week. Um, hey, but this is your chance, bro. Chargers fans, this is your chance to wear your stuff. Uh, Cowboys fans, just stay home. I'm not just kidding. I have nothing against Cowboys. Hey, but maybe you, maybe you are, um, maybe you play a sport. Maybe you play uh, baseball, football, basketball. Uh, wear your, wear your jersey. If you got a jersey, you got a number, you got your name on the back, something. Wear it. If you wear water, if you play water polo, don't wear your jersey. <laughs> um, uh, but hey, um, wear your sports gear, all of that. And then if you are on a team. I really want to encourage you for the next week, be praying for your team, be praying for the kids on your team, and look for an opportunity to invite them. We're bringing, we're bringing our friend all the way from Manchester, England to come and preach. And I'm, I'm telling you, bro, this dude can preach. Not only does he sound like he's straight out of a Harry Potter movie, but this dude is like, he is a preacher, and you do not want to miss next week. We are going to be giving away a $100 Foot Locker uh, gift card. That is for everybody who comes. You're going to get a raffle ticket. If you bring a friend, your friend gets a raffle ticket, and you get an extra raffle ticket for bringing a friend. Another chance to win that. We're going to play some games. Um, we're going to have a bunch of competitions. We're going to do stuff outside. We'll probably have a carpet ball competition. If you've not played me in carpet ball, see me after service and catch this work, bro. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. But more than anything, I really believe that God wants to do some really big things next week. So let's all put our faith forward. Let's rally and gather around this. Next week, nobody comes alone. Bring a friend. It's going to be an awesome week. Look at your neighbor. Say, next week. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell him, next week. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm not going to spend long, long on this. I just want to, it's so, dude, it's so close to my heart. Um, uh, 
this Gifts of Joy thing is such a great opportunity for us to partner with some people who are doing some amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, we, as pastors, we, um, one of the, one of the both privileges and challenges that we have is to um, walk with families and people who are battling cancer. And it is, you guys, it's a brutal world. It's a, it's a tough thing to walk through. Literally, um, an hour ago, I found out that a friend of ours died of cancer. Um, she was a mother. She was a pastor. Uh, uh, me, Amber, Wyatt, have known this girl for, for years. And she was way too young to pass away. She's got kids. Many, some of you guys know her. You don't even... You don't know who she is, but you know her kids, and you hung out with her kids at summer camp when we were up there. It is so tough, dude. Our, um, it's basically our nephew, but it's Amber's cousin's son. He's battling cancer right now, and it is a tough journey to walk. And this is an organization, a ministry, that is getting right in the hospitals, right in the middle of this. And um, Amber, remind me, how, what is it? It's every kid battling cancer through the month of December will receive will receive a gift on their hospital bed. And we, we get the opportunity to wrap and, and well, not wrap, we're going to do, we're, we, we have to do gift bags because the nurses have to be able to open them and check with the gifts and everything. But we get the opportunity to wrap these gifts and pray over them and send them out. So if you have the time, more, yeah, we'll give you your community service, all of that. That box will be checked for sure. But more than that, if you have time, Tuesday night, November 28th, November 28th, if you are a high schooler and you've got time, Tuesday night, it would be the night before youth, come hang out. This whole room is going to be uh, uh, transformed into one big Christmas wrapping party. We're going to throw them straight into trailers. It's going to be awesome. Such a great opportunity. So join us for that if you can. Hey, so tonight we are concluding our series entitled WWJD, which of course stands for? Yes, right. So we're good godly Christians. And we know, like, that's the question you ask. Okay, just like if I said, God is good? And all the time? If you didn't know that you, like, it's like a response to that, do not worry. I was on your team only, like, a few years ago before I had gotten, a few years ago, 15 years ago before I got saved. And when I hear stuff like that, I was like, y'all weird for that. It's no different than like the father Abraham had many sons and many sons. So let's just. No, put your arms down, put your legs down. It's the Christian hokey pokey. Cut it out. No, it's <laughs> Um, but you guys, what would Jesus do? It is so much more than a bracelet we wear around our wrist. It is an amazing, like, it is the perfect filter to have over our lives. We, um, there, we talked about so much stuff throughout this series. Go back, watch this series. Uh, uh, Wyatt spoke on what would Jesus do when he's hurt? And it was a message about forgiveness. Go back, check that out. It's an awesome message. This has been a great series. Um, I'm kind of like, excited but bummed to be concluding it tonight. But tonight we're going to talk about what would Jesus do in the face of opposition? 
What would Jesus do in the face of opposition? If, if you didn't know, like, everybody kind of paints Jesus as this, like, super cool, chill, like, hippie dude who, like, walked the earth with a sick beard and wore Birkenstocks. And it's like, dude, Jesus faced crazy opposition to the point that he was literally murdered. So what, what did Jesus do in the face of opposition? What should we do? Because here's the thing. You will. Look at your neighbor. Say, you will. You will face opposition if you are going to follow Jesus. So what should we do? How should we look at it? I love the way that C.S. Lewis looked at this. C.S. Lewis said, hardship, is often, hardship often prepares an ordinary person for an extraordinary destiny. See, we don't need to look at opposition as just this thing, oh, it's just getting in our way. Maybe it's the exact thing that God's going to use to prepare us for the destiny he's called us to. Somebody say amen. Y'all better get these amens ready for next week, because I'm telling you, that boy Joel's going to come and preach. Here's your sermon in a sentence. If you're taking notes, I love you more. If you're not taking notes, a, a hair in your Chipotle burrito next time you go to Chipotle, a hair on your Chick-fil-A sandwich next time. If, who hates pickles? Who's with me? Pickles suck, dude. Dude, pickles. Pickles are the worst. <laughs> I hate pickles. <laughs> Those of you who hate pickles, if you don't take notes tonight, the next time you say no pickles on your Chick-fil-A sandwich, pickles, bro. Pickles. And it will have already soaked into the bun. So nothing you can do about it. I know, dude. Pickles suck. They're the worst. Take notes, all right? Here's your sermon in a sentence. Don't. Somebody say don't. Don't let opposition distract you from your mission. I'm going to say that again. Don't let opposition distract you from your mission. Here's the thing. If you said yes to Jesus and you're now living a Christian life, you are living a life on mission. You have a mission. God has called you to something. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. But if you are living under the fallacy that you're going to be on mission by God and you're not going to face any opposition, bro, who lied to you? You will face opposition. We'll dig into that more tonight. So what should we do? What should we do when we face opposition? Here's the thing about opposition. Opposition's mission is to distract you from your mission. Opposition's mission is to distract you from your mission. And Jesus definitely faced some opposition. We're going to read about it in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 30. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We are going to read 16 verses because I got to kind of give you this whole story to paint the picture of this and the opposition that he faced. But this is a gnarly story, one that I don't really hear people preach on that much. This is literally people getting so salty they try to throw Jesus off of a cliff. It's wild. All right. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse number 14, it starts out by saying, uh, Jesus returned to Galilee. This is actually, you guys remember when we talked about what would Jesus do when he's tempted and he's tempted in the wilderness? This is literally the next thing that happens. So he returns to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogue and was praised by everyone. I want you guys to remember that. He was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, this is his hometown where he was born. He went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Thank you. You guys have it on the Sky Bible. I had to turn the page in my way too small print Bible. 
The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, so Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet who recorded a bunch of stuff. He opened that scroll. It was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and uh, found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So what Jesus just read was a prophecy about him, a.k.a. his mission. He just told all these people, yo, this is my mission, and I am on mission right now. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down, which I thought was really interesting because imagine I was up here, like, preaching a message, and then randomly in the middle of the message, I just stopped preaching, and I went and I sat down. Like, I bet one of our leaders would be like, Wyatt would just grab the mic and be like, I guess I'll finish this message. Where are your notes, Corey? Do I just wing it? But he just went and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. They began to speak to, uh, then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everybody spoke well of him. So get it, they've already praised him. And now they're speaking well of him. They're like, yo, this guy's dope. And they speak well of the words that came from his lips. Dude, this is a preacher. And this guy is good. And they say, but how can it be, they ask, isn't this Joseph's son? Joseph was uh, Jesus' earthly father. It was, he was the husband of his mother, Mary, who was just a plain old regular guy. He was a carpenter, a regular dude. So they're like, his dad was regular. Like, shouldn't he just be regular? How is this possible? Verse 22. Then he said, you will undoubtedly quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many, Israel, many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha, but only one, uh, he only, the only one that was healed was Naaman, a Syrian. When they heard this, here we go, the tables turned. Remember, they already praised him. They're speaking well of him, but now check this out. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him. Don't ever try to jump up and mob me when I'm on stage. I got too many leaders in this room that'll get my back. Noah Southall will knock you out so fast, no questions asked. I seen him try to do it on the basketball court for me. I said, don't worry about it, man. It's all good. Don't punch that 15-year-old. He's chill. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of a hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, verse 30. But check out how Jesus responds to opposition. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, you're good. Teach us something through your word. God, thank you so much that the Raiders finally won a game. <laughs> Do it again this week in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> um, dude, there are, uh, there are some things like now, like for you guys growing up, that's like so different than when I grew, I grew up. Um, one of the things that's so different for you now than when I grew up is, um, is, is filtered water. Oh, Jimmy can't drink nothing but filtered water. You know, there's chemicals in that tap water. 
he can't be drinking. Bro, I drink out of the hose growing up. I, I, I didn't only drink out of the garden hose at my house. I would skate around town, and I would go up to the front of random people's houses, and I would drink out of their garden hose. People would come out and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, drinking out of your hose? They'd be like, okay, cool. You know, I was thinking, like, like, I would leave, like, in the middle of summer, I grew up skateboarding, right? I would leave the house at, like, 7 a.m. I wouldn't come home till, like, 8, 9 o'clock at night, and I didn't, we didn't have no hydro flasks. I think to myself, I never drank water except out of someone's hose once in a while. How did I not die of dehydration? Dude, like, there are some things that are just, it's different now than, than like, when I grew up. Um, like, oh, here's, here's a big one. Learning to swim. Now there's like, oh, Jessica's going to do her swim classes. We're going to bring her to a pool. We'll put her in a floaty, and we'll teach her how to swim. You know how I learned to swim? I was 13, and I didn't know how to swim yet. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> and and my, my older brother and my dad were like, oh, bro, you're 13. It's summer. Time to learn. And they threw me into the deep end of the pool, and when I tried to grab the edge, they stepped on my fingers. They said, swim or die. <laughs> I learned to swim real quick. Like, it's just, it, it, it's different. Here's something that's way different. Now, like, when I was a kid, if somebody knocked on the door, you know what we did? We went to the door and we opened it. <laughs> like, who's there? What's up? I don't know you, <laughs> you know? Like, now, like, when somebody knocks on the door, you guys are like, shut up. Mute the TV. Shh. They'll know it's probably the solar people again. They're trying to sell us solar. I told them last time, my parents already bought solar. Look at the roof, you fools. And then, and then you guys don't even have to go like use the peephole anymore. You guys didn't even know your door had one of those. You just get on the Ring app and you're like, oh, yeah, I see who they are. Yeah, they were here last week. I know that. And then like somehow you like know their name, where they're from, their social security number, all of it. It's like, it's different. We just opened the front door when somebody knocked on the door. Um, here's one that's crazy. When you guys, if, if you want to, if you're like, you know, tonight after youth, you're chilling, homework's already done. You're like, I'm going to watch a movie. Where, where are you going to go to watch your movie? Yeah, duh, okay, what subscription is your go-to? Netflix, Disney Plus, Max, yeah, HBO Max got everything, basically. Um, said Disney Plus and all the hardcore Christians were like, my parents don't let me. <laughs> we don't do, not in my house. Uh, dude, when I was a kid, we would go to Blockbuster, dude. We would go to Hollywood Video. And I know, like, it's so inconvenient. Like, I, I'll, dude, God bless. I love being able to just turn my smart TV on. I control it from my phone. And I got the tip of my fingers. I've got millions of movies, yet I can never find anything to watch. Um, but, dude, it was an experience, dude. Like, you get your whole family on a Friday night, and you go to Hollywood Video, and you're going up and down the aisles looking for a movie. It was so sick, dude. And then you paid, like, $12 for the candy at the front. We didn't. We were broke. But, like, it was so, it was so cool. And it's just, it's different. Um, oh, this, this is different. I've seen this firsthand. I've seen this firsthand. When I was a kid, and I was like, say I was in my room, and like my mom was in the kitchen or something, and my mom yelled from the other side of the house, Corey, I was not allowed to go, what? No, if my mom 
said, Corey, and I wasn't standing in front of her in 2.7 seconds, like, there was all Hades to pay. Like, I would be murdered. And I've seen, like, I've been at, like, people's houses, like, people from the church who invite us over, and they'll be like, Gregory, come downstairs. We're going to have dinner now. And, you know, it's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, I didn't know that I was going to be a part of a murder mystery tonight. <laughs> And it's like nothing, and then, and then mom goes upstairs to get Gregory. No, that's not, you know one of the biggest things that I think has changed from like now when I was a kid? When I was a kid, we got whooped, bro. We got whooped. We got hit. We, like, we got spanked. Like, it just makes some noise if you're a, from a spanking family. You got spanked. If you did not grow up in a family where you get whooped, where you get spanked, you don't have to make any noise. Trust me, we can tell you grew up in that family. <laughs> but we got spanked, bro. We got whooped growing up. Um, I remember one time, and I'll make this story short, but um, I remember one time me and a few of my friends, we decided we wanted to go out all night and skate. We weren't up to no good. We just wanted to go skateboard all night. I don't know why we thought like skating at night would be better than during the day, but it was like, let's go do this. So we go out, we skate all night, and here's what we did. All of us told each other's moms that we were spending the night at each other's houses. Like as if our moms don't talk to each other, right? So then we're out all night. This was before cell phones, right? So we're out all night, and my mom was like, okay, just be home by 9 o'clock tomorrow. Saturday, be home by 9 o'clock. Like, okay, cool. So I get home. I walk through the front door, and my mom is sitting in the living room waiting for me. Like, uh, yeah, those are all the kids who their parents spank. I, my heart in my stomach, bro. I'm like, oh, God, she knows. How does she know? She goes, how was the sleepover? I was like, Good. <laughs> it was good. Why? She goes, well, your friend's mom called me. And I know, blah, blah. Long story short, she knew everything. Now, remember, I was out all night skating. I didn't get a wink of sleep. My mom, come here. She drags me to the couch, throws me on the couch. I'm sitting on the couch staring at her, and she's going off on me. Corey, you have any idea how worried I was. We couldn't get all of any of you. I can't believe you're being so irresponsible. This is why we never let you do anything. She's going off on me. But, bro, I was so tired. And the tiredness got me distracted. Her words became mumbled, and before I knew it, dude, <laughs> oh God, I'm scared right now, dude. Uh, I'm remembering this story, and I'm like literally like, Mom, I hope you're not watching online. And in the middle of her going off on me, I fell asleep, dude. Bro, when I... 
that's what I woke up to. I woke up to the beating of my life. I would never, ever, ever in a million years claim that I was abused as a child. My parents spanked. I was not abused. That day, I was abused, bro. I was abused that day. It was the worst, man. What's your point, Corey? My point is, like, distraction could cost you your life. Opposition's goal is distraction. So how do we not get distracted by opposition? We do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Two things. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Keep on keeping on. Look at your neighbor say, keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Jesus faced opposition, but what did he do? Verse number 31, the last verse that we had read. I love, I love the way it says that he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Jesus didn't run from it. He just walked through it. He didn't even give these people the time of day. He, like, preached this message in the, in the synagogue. They get all mad when he gets to the part where he calls them out. They drag him to the edge of the cliff. They get him to the edge, which is like, I'm just like, why did you, if you were just going to, like, take off anyways, why did you let him drag you all the way to the edge of the cliff? I don't know. Anyways, they drag him to the edge of the cliff, and Jesus doesn't turn around to be like, guys, guys, wait. Let me just, like, set the record straight, dude. Like, I know you guys are critical of what I said. I know that you're upset. But here's the thing. No, he's just like, bro, I got to keep on keeping on. I am on assignment. Jesus is like, I, I, I've only got three and a half years worth of ministry, and I don't got a single second to waste on you guys. I got to get to getting. Some of us, like, I think that when it comes to opposition, like, some... We're just too soft. There's not even a T on the end of that. We're just soft. We're Charmin soft. It's like I've seen some people who like here at Bridge Youth, they'll, they'll receive salvation. They'll have a moment with Jesus. And then the next day, Thursday morning, they go to school and they're like, dude, I'm a Christian now. And someone's like, Psh, no, you're not. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm not. That's like the end of it. Like, I don't know who lied to you and told you that as a Christian you won't face opposition, but it is not just like rainbows, butterflies, like sunny skies. You don't like get saved and you are gifted a unicorn day one. You will face opposition. John 15, verse 18 to 20, Jesus says, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave, a servant, is no greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you as well. Dude, like, you will face opposition. Amber and I, do we have had people gossip about us, lie about us. We've had people key our car. We've had people key our car while I was here preaching on a Wednesday night. We've had people TP our house. We've had people spread lies about us. We've, had, we've lost friends. We've had family treat us like we're crazy, get mad at us for serving ministry, which limits our time. Man, we've had, we've had people leave the church over the craziest things, and then go tell people that we kicked them out of church? We've had people drag our names through the dirt? 
You know what we did? Kept on keeping on. <laughs> like, what else are you going to do? I remember, um, oh, Wyatt, do you remember, do you remember the Richardsons from, from Elsinore? The Richardson, you remember Richardsons from Elsinore? They were home opener. Uh, this isn't even in my, in my notes, but it just, I thought of this story. Um, the Richardsons was an fa- uh, elderly family uh, from our church in, in, in Elsinore. And when we were out there, uh, our internship did what's called the home opening program. Because we had some people come from out of state, a few from out of the country, and they came and they were part of our internship. So we had people from the church who opened their home and let them uh, live there for nine months while, while they interned. And we would provide the bunk beds there for them. And I remember at the end of every year, we would go and we would break down the bunk beds and we'd bring them back to storage. And we'd get there. And Mr. Richardson, who was, I want to say he was... 88, 89, um, Mr. Richardson was in Vietnam. Uh, he, he was a Marine, and he lost one of his legs, and he was like 88, 89 years old, and I get to his house, and the bunk bed that was upstairs is broken down, a, like ready to go downstairs. And I get there, I'm like, Mr. Richardson, I'm like there with a couple guys to do this. Like, I wasn't even, I wasn't going to do this by myself. Like, Mr. Richardson, who broke down the bunk bed? He said, well, I did. I was like, huh? Like, Mr. Richardson, with all due respect, you're pushing 90 and you got one leg. I was like, dude, you're at church every week, man. You never complain. You just keep on keeping on. Well, like, why? How? And he, you know what he says to me? Dude, it's so like, it's, I don't know what generation that would be. Generation X? Baby, that would be baby boomer, right? This is so baby boomer. I said, how do you do it, man? Like, why do you do it? And he goes, well, you have to. Well, you just have to. No one's going to do it for you. You just have to. And I was like, Mr. Richardson, you're dope. I feel like all the opposition we've faced and gone through, we just kept on keeping on. Why? How? Because you just, you have to. Because God's placed a mission on our lives, and we're not going to let a little bit of pushback push us back. And I think that some of us, what we do is we just give, like, we give the opposition too much attention. It's like you're going to face opposite, which, by the way, if you're living for Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you're on mission, and you're not, you've not had any opposition come your way, what the verse we just read from John 15, Jesus is like, hey, if you, are, if you are a part of the world, if you're a friend of the world, then like they would treat you like you're out. So like maybe if you're not facing any opposition, it's actually a bad sign, not a good sign. But I think we give opposition a little bit too much attention. Like some, some of y'all stare at the haters like it's your own reflection. <laughs> Jesus was like, I, I, remember that old video? Ain't nobody got time for that. Jesus is like, I don't got time for this. I, I, I've got stuff to do. I've got places to be. I've got people to minister to. I got to go. We have to move on, push on, press on, walk right past opposition, and just keep on going. Can I just say, for those of you who maybe are newer to faith and you've just started following Jesus, don't be surprised if opposition comes close from home. Like, don't be surprised if it's some of the people closest to you that are your greatest opposition. For Jesus, this story where they almost pushed him off of a cliff was his hometown. So don't be shocked by that. But here's a really great way for people, because you'll face spiritual opposition too. Satan will throw stuff at you, but often that will come through the way of people being the opposition. You know a great way to shut those people up? Just be faithful. Just faithfully keep serving God. 
It's actually not that difficult. It's not that hard, and it's not rocket science. It's not all that spiritual. Just keep serving God. Remember I heard a pastor tell this story one time about how um, in his younger years of marriage, uh, uh, he and his wife, uh, when they first got married, they had a single-bed truck that they still had um, to that day. And this single-bed truck, you know, uh, if you've ever been a single-bed truck, it's like, one, it's like a bench seat. You know, you got, you got the driver, middle, passenger seat. And he says one day, you know, 35 years into marriage, his wife, sitting in the passenger seat of the truck, turns to him and goes, babe, I feel like, I feel like things just aren't the same as when we first got married. And he goes, well, what are you talking about? And, and she goes, well, you remember when we first got married? It was like I was always sitting right next to you. It was like you and me versus the world. And, and, and I was always right there sitting. And, and now it's like it's not that way anymore. And he said, sitting in that same truck in the driver's seat that I've always sat in, I looked over at her and I said, who moved? See, he was sitting in the seat he had always sat in. It was her that had moved. Can I tell you, there are people in the last decade who have had a lot of things to say about a lot of us who have been here doing God's work, being about our Father's business, and they will all day long. And when they come back to us and they say, well, this, that, the other, you, this, you know what I hit them with? Who moved? I'm here still just doing the same thing I was doing 10 years ago. Serving God, pouring into people, being there for people, preaching the gospel. You know a great way to shut up the people who want to oppose you and criticize you and tear you down and lie about you and gossip about you and do all this? You know a great way to just shut them up? Just keep on faithfully serving God. Jesus didn't even really look in their direction. It's like some people think that this was actually a supernatural occurrence and at the edge of the cliff getting ready to be pushed off, Jesus like literally became like transparent and just walked right through them, which if that's how it went down, that's, that's dope. But either way, he is just like, hmm, and he just, he didn't give them the time of day. He just walked right through them and it says he went on his way. Don't even pay him too much attention. Just get on your way. Because if you don't know, God's got plans for you. He's got a mission for you. He's calling you to something. And what happens too often is we become so distracted by opposition that we forget about our mission. Which leads me to my second point as the band heads up. We start closing down. Stay mission-minded. Stay mission-minded. Somebody say mission. Yeah, stay mission-minded. I love this. We read Luke chapter 4 where people are ready to shove Jesus off of a cliff. Luke chapter 5, Jesus is about the same thing. He goes right back. Like literally in my Bible, it's like a flip of a page. And Jesus is doing the same things they tried to push him off a cliff for one chapter ago. Why? Because he was mission-minded. And he wasn't about to let some sorry haters that tried to push him off a cliff deter him from his mission. Jesus was moved by people's needs, not their opinion. Jesus was moved by his calling, not criticism. You need to be moved by calling, not criticism. Jesus never backed down. Jesus never gave up. Jesus was more concerned with fighting for the people who needed him, not with the people who opposed him. 
you need to understand this. If you're a Christian, that means that God literally has come and he lives on the inside of you. So you know what that means? That means, contrary to those garbage demonic movies you watch, the enemy cannot touch you, bro. He cannot destroy you. But if the enemy can't destroy you, what he'll try to do is he'll try to distract you. See, the, the, the Satan's, like, Satan has a, a weapon of mass destruction. It's the weapon of mass distraction. And that is what opposition does. So what happens for way too many of us is we let opposition's mission get accomplished because these people start distracting us and we stop paying attention to the people who matter and who need us. My boy, my boy in the helmet, can you come up on stage for me? Come help me out, dude. Good thing you got a helmet on. You're going to need it in a second. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, what's your name, dude? Luke. Luke. My boy Luke, I met Luke and his family, what was that, that's over a year ago now, huh? Um, we got to hanging out, and they were like, man, we're looking for a new church, we need a new church. Come here, Luke, do me a favor, would you stand right over here for me, Luke? Um, I hate to tell you, in this story, Luke, you're going to be the hater, okay? So, um, and trust, I said it once, I'll say it again, bro, we have received a lot of hate. And the, can I tell you this? The, the more your platform grows and the more your influence grows, the more people you lead and minister, the more hate you'll get, the more criticism you'll get, the more people will come at you and try to distract you. But we just, dude, this is so funny. I ended up, I ended up on a skaters versus haters video on YouTube that had hundreds of thousands of views middle of quarantine, I'm, I'm playing Call of Duty. It's like two o'clock in the morning. And my boy from, from Huntington sends me a YouTube link. He's like, bro, fast forward to like 12 minutes and 30 seconds. So I fast forward and it's me right outside those doors talking to one of our skater kids, a kid that I invited to church. I'm the one who brought him here. And I had taken him out skating before. We were we were boys, like we were cool. And then one day he decided that he wanted to vape behind the church. And I was like, that's not happening. And we caught him on our security cameras. And, you know, I was like, bro, I'm going to have to call your mom. And he got all upset and he got all mad. And then he threatened to fight somebody. I was like, bro, we might have to call the cops. He's like, ah, don't do that. I was like, all right, we won't do that. And we were super cool with the kid. And you guys know why we have a skate, skate park stuff outside? Because I grew up skating. I've been skating since I was like six years old. And I was like, I want to offer something to kids like that grew up like me. And somehow I went from skater to hater, but I'm not the hater. I'm the skater. But somehow I'm not the skater. I'm now the hater? What? Like, we've been hated on so much. So imagine for a second, my boy Luke is like, Corey, you preach something I don't like. Dude, you're the worst. You suck. Luke would never say that. Luke's a good, godly Christian man. <laughs> but here's what happens sometimes. This is where like, here's Bridge Youth. Here's my calling. Here's my passion. Here's what all week, bro. Can I tell you, all week. You know what I'm constantly thinking about? Y'all. Like you, Wednesday night. Like, bro, they need, they need to hear this. God God, you want to tell them that. God, you showed me this in your word. And you want. But what happens when we, give the, when we give the opposition too much attention, this happens. Oh, you, you don't like what I preach? You think I said, no, dude, I don't. 
I don't, man. Like, trust me, I don't, dude. And like, and he's like, no, you do suck. And I'm like, hey, no, I don't. And he's like, yes, you do. And I'm like, you know what? You start a Facebook page about me, I'm gonna start a Facebook page about you. And Luke's like, I'm too young. I've never even been on Facebook, bro. You start an Instagram page about me, I'm gonna start an Instagram page, and then I'm gonna go and comment on all of it. I'm gonna report all of it. Blah, 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 blah. One time we had an Instagram page made dedicated to talking trash on Bridge Youth. I thought it was dope. I was like, how much influence do you gotta have in a city that kids are making an Instagram? page to talk trash on you. It was so sick. But they, they, none of the trash was even good trash talk. They'd be like, eh, that's the rave church. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. You know, like, but, but as soon as I do this, no, critic, who did I just turn my back on? Good job, dude. Everybody say thank you to Luke for helping me out. Thanks, Luke. You're not a hater. I love you, dude. Dude, there's people in your world who need you. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll take it this step further. They don't just need you. God's mission on your life is them. But some of you are so concerned about the people who are opposing you that you're paying more attention to the people who are opposing you than the people who need you. Stay mission-minded. Don't get distracted. Jesus did it. He pushed on. He pushed forward. And remember this when it comes to haters. The loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. Anybody ever been to a hockey game? Dude, hockey game's so sick. Honda Center, Ducks, the loudest boos come from the seats all the way at the top, dude. The cheapest ones. Don't forget that the people who complain the most are usually the ones who are doing the least. One time Judas, the guy who betrayed Jesus, starts complaining that this, that this lady, um, she, she poured out an expensive perfume bottle on Jesus' feet. And Judas is like, ah, she wasted all that money. Judas was stealing money from the treasury. Why do you put so much weight in the words of people who don't really matter anyways? It's just distracting you from the people God's calling you to. And don't ever forget that. I, I love this. There's some people who will come and, and here's the thing. People who have something to say, criticism, I'm not claiming to be perfect. I know that I've made mistakes in the past as well. So I'll always sit down with people and I'll hear them out. But a lot of times when it's just, yep, 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 yep. Corey, yeah, you guys, you guys let just anybody come to church. Like, heck yeah, we do. Those of you who like, you're not a Christian and you're in the room, you are family to us, dude. You do not have to believe to belong here. We love you, but don't get it twisted, bro. We receive a lot of flack for having our arms and our doors wide open to you. We receive some flack, not from anybody in our church, but you know some overly religious people who don't like the fact that we open our arms and our doors to everybody. You let anybody in there. You guys, you guys did an event where you let kids dress up for Halloween? Call it harvest and get over your religious self, all right? Corey, you preached this and that, and that offended me. Sorry, dude, it's just the word of God. Oh, Corey. You prayed for the Raiders. Dude, get over it. You're going to hear me talk about how hot my wife is, how much I love the Raiders. 
probably anime at some point in the Bible. Yeah, but Corey, after service, you know, I wanted, I wanted to talk to you and, 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 and you didn't talk to me. Why didn't I talk to you? I, I would have, if you came up to me. Oh, there was, there was seven people trying to get you to talk to them. You prayed for all of them. You didn't pray for me. Dude, I'm sorry. I, ask anybody here. I'll be here till two o'clock in the morning praying for you. If everybody, if every single person in this room wanted prayer, I'd be, I'd be sitting on this stage till two o'clock in the morning praying for you. Corey, I this, I that, blah, blah, blah. So you know what? A year ago, I left the church and I blah, blah, blah this, that, the other. And a lot of times I'll go, hey, I'm so sorry that you're hurt. What, what are you up to now? Like, where are you at? Are you planted in church? You don't need to be planted in the bridge. I just want to know you're planted in church, that like, like you're still in God's family and, 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 and his kingdom and being used by him. No, I don't go to church. So where are you serving? I'm not. Where are you letting God use you? Hmm, God, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that right now. I'm like, okay, well, I like how I do ministry more than the way that you don't. And some of you guys, you're paying attention to people's criticism about how you do ministry, how you serve God, how you follow him. And these are people who don't. Bridge youth, none of y'all are perfect, but I love the way you serve God more than they don't. Keep about it and don't get distracted. And realize that opposition sometimes is actually preparation for your mission. James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You didn't realize that God's, he's allowing that hardship, that trial, and that opposition because it's actually his way of preparing you. Because what it is he has prepared for you He can't grow that talent until he, he grows your tenacity. He can't, he can't pour out your God-given gift until you get some grit. Because if he does it the other way around, you will be Charmin soft. And the moment that someone comes around and criticizes you, you will tuck tail and run. We do not retreat. This is why years ago, you know, all the women's retreats, they're like, no, we don't retreat. We're going to call them a women's advance. It's like, all right, weirdos. <laughs> no, no, no. What we do when somebody stands in opposition to us just doing the work of God, we stand shoulders high, head high, we walk right past them, and we go on our way to keep on serving God. I'll close with this story. Um, uh, Noah, myself, a few of our leaders were in Africa a few years ago, and we built a church in Africa. But the first stop was... Uh, we stopped by a church in this local town. Some of you heard me tell this story. And um, we met this pastor, and we got to go see his church. And it was awesome. He was an amazing guy. He was so cool. And he started telling us the story of him planting the church there. And there's some religious extremists in this part of Kenya that was not down with him planting a Christian church. So when he built this church, people came and they burned the church down. But then he said, but we rebuilt the church. 
It's like, dude, that's incredible. So we're standing in the building that you rebuilt. And he goes, no, no, Corey, we rebuilt the church and they burned it down again. It's like, oh my gosh. And he's like, so what did you do? He goes, we built another church. It's like, that's crazy, dude. Like you went through all of that. He's like, no, no, no. They came back and they burned it down again. I was like, that's crazy, dude. What did you guys do then? He goes, we built another church. It's like, that's crazy, dude. What happened then? He said, they burned it down again. Six times they burned this guy's church down. And he just kept rebuilding churches. I was like, so is this the one? Like, I'm wondering, like, how long are we going to be here, you know? Right? It's like the, the episode of The Office when, when Jim's like, 70? And Dwight's like, that's a very real possibility. 80? That is also a real possibility. And he just keep going. Like, how, how many times, man? He's like, yeah, this is the seventh church. He goes, but God gave me wisdom. The seventh time we, we rebuilt the church, we opened it as a school. Because in Kenya, we don't have very good schools. So we opened it as a school, and all these religious extremists started sending their kids to our school. And they might burn down a church, but they ain't going to burn down their kids' school. That's the attitude and the grit that we have to have when we face opposition. Because here's the thing when it comes to opposition. Opposition, it's just there to distract you from your mission. Don't let it. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray for you. God, I pray first and foremost, every young person in this room would know that there's a mission on their life that you've called them. You have a plan. You have a purpose for them. God, if anybody here right now is hearing that and they're going, ah, not me. God, convince them. Yes, you. No, I've, I've, done too many, I've done too many things wrong. God, convince them. You. Nah, I'm too young. Yes, you. Nah, I, I don't have, I have a terrible reputation. Yes, you. I come from the wrong family. Yes, you. Now, God, those who are already on mission and those who are about to say yes to you and get on mission, God, I pray that nothing would stop them or distract them from their mission. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you feel like your, your life has been one big, giant set of opposition. Can I tell you, the enemy would love nothing more than to attack you so much that you just run from God. But what he doesn't take into account that sometimes when, when we hit rock bottom, that's God's favorite place to meet us. So tonight, you have the opportunity to not let all those things distract you, but rather lead you to your destiny, which is a relationship with God. So maybe tonight you're ready to step into relationship. You're ready to get on mission. You're ready to move forward into all that God has for you. If that's you, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to count to three. And if you want to say yes to Jesus tonight, I want you to just, uh, when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand. And you might be like, why do I got to lift my hand? Because I believe when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it solidifies it in our hearts, in our lives, and in our souls. So if that's you, with heads bowed and eyes closed, public setting but a private moment. I want you to respond by just lifting your hand. One, two, three, go. All over this place. So cool. You can put your hands right back down. Hey, if you just lifted your hand, I'm so proud of you. And you need to know that's the best decision that you could ever make with your life. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. But we're a family and we pray together. And prayer is just words that we say with our mouth, that we believe in our heart. And the Bible says that if we, if we, declare with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that God rose from the dead, then we'll be saved. So that's what we're going to do. These aren't magical words. This is not expecto patronum. But if you wrap your heart around these words, 
the Bible's clear. You will be saved. God will come into your heart. He'll become a part of your life. He'll lead you on mission. And you'll know that, that you are heaven bound and headed there. So everybody, would you repeat these simple words right after me? Everybody say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. No looking back and no turning back. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen. Hey, nobody distracting anybody. I want to pray a special prayer over you. Would you stand to your feet? Would you head to, your, head to the front? Um, try in this moment, don't let getting up, moving around and everything distract you. Because I have one more prayer I want to pray over you. While I do, um, if, if you have something going on in your life, maybe you're facing opposition, you need prayer, our prayer stations are open. You're, you are more than welcome to head straight there. But I want to pray over you. Um, we talked a lot about, we talked a lot about mission tonight. Like opposition, it, it, it's the enemy's attempt to distract you from your mission. And for some of you, you don't know what your mission is. I want to read it to you. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19. Here's what it says. It says, therefore, go. Somebody say go. Look at your neighbor. Say go. Therefore, go. That is why we don't have some little silly Christian club that we do here. This isn't some little Christian huddle. Because when the disciples were just trying to stay, oh, Jesus, we just want to stay right here with you and just never, ever leave and just hang out with you all day. Jesus is like, bro, go. There is a lost and dying world out there. Go. He says, go and do what? He said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. Share with them the gospel, the good news. Help them get saved. Pull them into the family of God. Let them know in the midst of a world that like every time you turn on the news or go on social media or talk to your horribly pessimistic friend, you're like, dude, is everything just hopeless? Jesus is like, no. Go into the world and tell them about the hope that's found in me. And then he said, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. But then he adds in a promise. He says, and be sure of this. I'm with you, even to the end of the age. So tonight, as we close, I want to ask just a couple questions and pray over these. When it comes to the Great Commission, and let me remind you, some Christians approach the Great Commission like it was the Great Suggestion. It's not, Jesus wasn't like, hey guys, I have a good idea, take it or leave it. No, this was like legitimately the last things Jesus said on planet earth. It's a commission, it's not a suggestion. But when it comes to the great commission, which is our mission, have you been distracted? We're all guilty of getting distracted. What if this week, 
we got on mission? What if this week we said, God, no matter the opposition, no matter the critics, no matter what the enemy throws at me, no matter what comes my way, I will not slow down. I won't get distracted. I want you to use me, God. Send me on mission. You know, last week we, um, I encouraged you guys. Do you have a friend who everybody else calls a hopeless case? Do you have somebody who's like, like everybody is basically like, eh, don't waste your time on them. That was me. And I thank God all the time for a kid named Kevin Calzia who didn't think that I was hopeless. But he gave me hope. And you guys wouldn't have this guy as your youth pastor if it wasn't for Kevin Calzia. Maybe this week getting on mission, a lot of you guys, you wrote that person's name down and you put them in the prayer stations. Can I tell you, every day this week, I've gone to these prayer stations. I've been praying over these people. Maybe this week you getting on mission is going and praying for that person. I don't know. Maybe inviting them to come hear a beautiful British preacher next week. Tell them you could win, you could win $100 to, to Foot Locker. I went to the Christian club and got saved because there was free pizza. Guess what? There'll be free pizza next week. <laughs> what if this week, instead of being distracted by, huh, what will people think? What might they say? What if people oppose me? What if people critique me? What if people say bad things about me? What if instead of any of that, you walk straight through all of that and just said, God, I want to be sent on mission by you and I'm not going to let anything stop me. What I want to pray today is that this week you will say yes to whatever it is that God's calling you to and then you would have strength to face whatever opposition the enemy might throw at you because this week if you get on mission, you best believe this, the enemy is going to send opposition. So all over this place, would you do me a favor? Would you just, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Maybe if you want to put your hands right out in front of you. God, I pray in Jesus' name for, God, I pray for all the junior high boys in this room. God, who, God, who have like, they are like, they are the funnest, wildest person in their whole friend group. And, and they don't know it, but like so many of their friends look up to them. And God, there's like no way in the world that me or Amber or Wyatt or, or Cameron or any of our leaders, we, we can't get to them. But these junior high boys, will be the, they'll be around them all week at school, on their soccer team, their baseball team, their football team, their basketball team. God, I pray that, God, if the opportunity presents itself, that they would just take a step and, and maybe pray for them. Maybe invite them to church. God, I pray for all the junior high girls in here. God, I pray that, that God, that, they would not allow anybody to tell them that they can't be used by God in great ways. God, I pray that they wouldn't feel insignificant or small or overlooked, but that this week on their sports teams, on, the, on their cheer squads, and their the, the club that they're a part of at school, God, that they'd be on mission, that they'd go. God, for, for all of our high schoolers, God, that some of them, they've got... They've got popularity. That's just influence. God, I pray that they would be 
on mission this week to be used by you and that they would use that quote-unquote popularity to reach people and to share hope. God, I pray for every single person who's on a sports team. God, I pray that they would see that team this week not as something that they do for fun, but God, that they would see it as the place they've been sent on mission by you. God, I pray every single one of us would have a heart to be used by you this week. And God, I pray that when the, when the enemy sends opposition, when people want to open their mouths, when the, critics, when the critics come, that Jesus, we would just do what you did. And maybe we'll be wearing a silly bracelet around our wrists to remind us. Let's just walk through it and be on our way. Be, be mission-minded and not forget that you've called us to more. God, as we worship right now, I pray solidify that in our hearts. God, I pray that a faith would rise. God, I pray that if anybody in this room does have that friend who everyone else calls hopeless, you'd bring them to mind. Maybe we need to go and write their name down again and get prayer. God, maybe some of us, we have faced opposition. We're going through some tough stuff and we need prayer. God, I pray you would respond to those prayers. Faith would rise in this place and that you'd begin right here and right now to start something, God, that would be so much bigger than any of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, these prayer stations are open. Let's worship. is Christ is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken
said tonight and he preached about or Pastor Corey preached about that opposition is on this way it's coming like no matter how young or how old you are like life is going to life I don't say that to to scare you or um, put type of any type of fear in you but I say that so you know the importance and how important it is to have a firm foundation that is built on Christ right and that starts here that starts on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings building a community around you pursuing Jesus, right? So what I want us to do in this moment with every hand lifted, not as a sign of surrenderance, but only, but as a sign of saying, God, whatever the devil may kind of try to throw my way, that we are going to stand strong, whether the rain comes or the wind blows, we are going to, we are going to worship him tonight. So come on, let's sing out rain this tonight. I'm safe.
Seek him tonight. I sought the Lord.
him That's why I trust in God My Savior, the one Who will never fail He will never fail I trust in God my Savior, the one who will never fail, he will never fail. This would usually be where someone else comes up, we conclude service, we go into another song, but I feel like there's something happening in this moment that I don't want to ignore, and I don't want to move past too quickly. There will come a time in every single one of your guys' lives, everybody's, where you have to decide if you're in this for real or not. And tonight is the night that some of you guys are stepping over that line. Some of you have already, you've already done that. Like you are serving God, you've been chasing after him. And can I tell you, like we see you, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. Vander, proud of you, bro, for the way that you walk out your faith. Kai, can't tell you how proud of you I am, man. Eli, I know you're an adult, but like, bro, you're going all across the nation and every single time that you're here and not away from work, you're in the house of God, and I'm proud of you for that. Brittany, can't tell you how proud of you I am. Christian, so proud. I was just thinking about, literally, uh, like, you guys wouldn't know this, but well, yes, yes, Monday. Monday, as I walked a circle around the church, I was thinking about Christian, Gio, and I don't know if John is here, but John McDonald, you're somewhere. I heard yes, so I'm going to assume you're here, John. There you are, my boy. I was thinking about you boys and how, like, every week I see you guys out there setting up the skate park stuff, and none of you guys skate, but you do that anyways, just serving God. I'm proud of you. Kai, I'm so proud of you the way that you serve God. Henson, so proud of you, bro, the way that you serve God. Like, you, you are tall, talented. I didn't, I didn't tell you this. I saw you Saturday. You were playing baseball Saturday, right, at Shap? I was pulling out of the parking lot, and I saw you. You were in, um, what's, the, what's that thing called when you're, like, throwing the pitches on the side, warming up to go in the game? The bullpen. I knew that. Definitely knew that. I saw you in the bullpen as I was pulling out of the parking lot by Board and Brew. Saw you and I was like, dude, I'm so proud of that, dude. I've known you since you were like this tall and you're still serving God, dude. I'm so proud of you for that. Chaz, so proud of you in the way that you serve God, man. That at a young age, you couldn't care less what 300 teenagers think. You're just gonna be on a platform just worshiping God. So proud of you for that, dude. Some of you guys, I know the families that you come from. And I know you get no encouragement for your faith in your family. And you're still serving God. I'm so proud of you. Some of y'all, you stepped over that line and you're following Jesus. Carlos, I'm proud of you, bro. He's sharing your, your story, your testimony last month. I'm proud of you. Jesse, so proud of you and your faith, dude. The videos that you post about your faith, so cool. I could go on and on and on about how I see you guys, the way you post, the way you live, the way you walk. Now, here's the thing. Stepping over that line, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. Dude, you're going to mess up just like me. Like, okay. There's like, we're going to fall short. 
That's not what I'm talking about. We need to deal with sin. We need to repent. But what I'm talking about is God, I'm like, it's all about you now. And for some of you, tonight's the night you're going to begin to take your faith seriously. Some of you, you believe in God. Dope. Even the demons believe in God. <laughs> but for some of you, it's going to go from belief to dedication and commitment. And that moment's happening right here and right now. So if you're a Christian in the room, you're praying right now. Because something's changing, something's shifting, something's moving in this moment right now. And for some of you, you know because that's what's happening in your heart. For some of you, you were just singing these words, I sought the Lord, and you're only kind of seeking Him, but you took that little step forward, you took that little step in, you're taking that one step closer to God. When you do that, he takes a million steps towards you. But what we're going to do is we're going to sing that part again. And what's going to happen is a shift in your heart, a shift in your faith, a shift in your life. And it's no longer, uh, I believe in God. But no, it's going to be, I am 100% sold out in my faith for Jesus. And I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to go back. I used to be, like, give me, give me. 30 seconds to tell this story. I have to be that guy for one moment, okay? I hate being that guy. Everybody hates this guy. So I was in a band. So I was in a band. I was in a Christian hardcore band called The Great Commission. And we would tour America and we would play in venues and bars and pubs and clubs. And 99.99% of the time, we were not only the only Christian band on the bill, we were like the only Christians in the room. And can I tell you, there were times between songs when we were called the Great Commission. We were not there to play music. We were there to preach the gospel and then play music. One of our songs was called The Way, The Truth, The Life. And the lyrics were The Way, The Truth, The Life. And that's the only lyrics in the whole song. We were there to preach the gospel. Can I tell you, there are times between songs where we'd start to preach the gospel and there would be people in these nightclubs with tattoos on their face, screaming, yelling, and cussing at us. We were threatened. If you don't shut up about this Jesus garbage, we're gonna jump you after the show in Erie, Pennsylvania, so far from home. And the vocalists of our band, with all of us standing right there with them said, then get ready to jump us because we're not going to shut up about the gospel. We're going to keep preaching this. I was like, easy for you to say, man. You're big and tall and strong and I'm me. <laughs> but I could run really fast. <laughs> God's protection was always on us. But we never, we never cowered. We never, we never like shrunk back. You know what happened to most of those tattoo-faced guys when we said, no, some of them, I, a friend of mine who was in a Christian hardcore band called Sleeping Giant, his name was Tommy Green. Somebody, uh, there was a time when somebody said, hey, if you don't shut up and play music, I'm gonna get on stage and I'm gonna knock you out. And he looked at this dude who had face tattoos and said, then get up on stage and start swinging because I'm not shutting up. Like some of you guys, that's the, you're stepping into. It's like, I just don't care about your opinion, about stupid popularity that's gonna blow away like a fart in the wind the day that you graduate, and nobody will care about popularity, literally, the day you graduate. 
For some of you that have been coming to Bridge Youth for weeks, months, years, tonight is the night that you are stepping into being serious about your faith. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing that part again. I sought the Lord. And this is going to be the moment, the first real moment where you seek the Lord with everything in you. You hold nothing back. And it is a life faith-altering moment for you. So all over this place, every single person, lift your hands. We're stepping into a new moment right here and right now. God's doing something. Come on, sing this out with everything in you. Come on. Come on. And he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. everything in you. Not holding anything back anymore. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord. And he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard, and he answered. That's why, that's why, that's why I trust in God, my Savior, the one who going to challenge you tonight to pray. And there's two different prayers I want you to pray this week. And I feel like the Lord, as we were worshiping, he wants you to pray these prayers. And the first one is if you have been walking out your faith boldly and you feel like you face persecution, people talking bad behind you, like just because you're a believer talking about you, just facing things because of the bold moves of faith that you've had, The Bible says this in Matthew 5, it says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So Bridge Youth, you need to pray for your enemies. And I'm not convinced. Bridge Youth, you need to pray for your enemies. You need to pray for your enemies because it will change your heart about this situation. We like to say, oh, this happened to me and play victim. No, 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 no. We pray for our enemies. We pray for our enemies. And then the second prayer that I need you to pray this week 
is if you have not walked out your faith boldly, Corey was talking about having just a new found faith tonight as we worshiped with that last song. And if you've never walked out your faith boldly, you need to pray for opportunity. Pray for opportunity that God would bring opportunity in your life and that takes courage, that takes boldness. And it also takes courage and boldness to pray for those who hurt you. But you know what, Jesus, we hurt Jesus and he got on the cross and he laid down his life for you and for me. And so we have no excuse to play victim. We have no excuse to not pray for opportunity, Bridge Youth. Let's be for real about our faith. Let's not just come to church, let's be the church. We don't worship a concept, we worship a king, okay? All right, so tonight, if you gave your heart to the Lord, I just want you to know that is the greatest decision you can ever make, and it just started a new journey in your life, walking out life with God. And so we want to help you with that. Here at Bridge Youth, we are a community of people who love God and love people, and we want to help you walk out the next seven days. And so Corey filmed some videos just to kind of give you some tips and some things that are going to help you stay strong these next seven days after making this decision. You just go ahead and DM us at bridge YTH underscore message us the words next seven and we will get you those videos that will help walk out your faith and not only will we just get you those videos we will also get you connected to a connect group leader so that if you have questions you want to ask if you just want to meet another leader in the room that can help you walk out this thing called faith in Jesus then they will do that okay so can we just give it up for everyone who made that decision tonight it is a big deal it's not just a moment, but it's supposed to bring momentum to your life. If you do it for real, if you walk it out for real. And so Bridge Youth, we also have Sunday Connect Groups happening this Sunday. So please come and join us on Sunday. It's not just Wednesdays when Bridge Youth happens. It's on Sundays at 11.30. So join us then. All right, let's worship one more time, Bridge Youth. You. Oh 
Sunday for Connect Groups. Have a good night. Love you guys.